Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is scheduled for your listening pleasure. Making his way to the ring, your host of the Turnbuckle Topics Podcast, here's Pat Dunning. And welcome to the Turnbuckle Topics Podcast. I am your host, Pat Dunning. And this is my review for WWE Extreme Rules. By the way, I'll be flying solo today. I know it's been a while since you've heard me on an episode of this podcast where it's just me. It's probably been the better part of two months or so. So uh, hopefully you enjoy it, grin and bear it, and uh, get used to hearing my voice for at least the next 30 minutes or so. So before we get to Extreme Rules, which I thought was very good, by the way, it actually exceeded my expectations. Got to say what I am disappointed about is... Well, it's non-wrestling related. It's my New York Giants, who yet again found a way to suffer another loss. Uh, This week, it was a three-point loss to the Atlanta Falcons. Last week, we lost by one to Washington. So now we're 0-3. We're at the bottom of the NFC East. And uh, honestly, thank God for this pay-per-view, because it made me feel a little bit better uh, before I rest my head tonight. So, uh, Big Blue, let's get it together. Let's get it together. I know we got the Cowboys in a week or two, and I don't know. Let's just let's just get a win under our belt and get some division wins and all that. So anyway, um, the kickoff show started off pretty good. We had Liv Morgan going up against Carmella in a match where I predicted that Liv Morgan would get the win, and that's exactly what happened. This match went for the better part of anywhere from 15 minutes or so, 15, 20 minutes on the kickoff, which was actually much longer than most uh, – kickoff show matches. So that was a good match. Um, That feud, again, as I said in the preview episode, it's been going on and off for the better part of three months on SmackDown, duration of the summer. So uh, we'll see what happens with the draft coming up starting this Friday on SmackDown, if if one of them will be heading to uh, Monday Night Raw, hopefully to mix things up just a bit. So it started off 1-0. It was announced during the kickoff show that we were going to be getting a – Another match on the main card for tonight's Extreme Rules pay-per-view. We had the New Day going up against Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles and Omos, uh, which actually kicked off uh, the show for the main card. Great match to to get the pay-per-view going. It was actually very good, almost probably went about 30 minutes or so. Uh, So I really did enjoy that matchup. Um, It ended with Big E giving a big ending to Bobby Lashley. Uh, which was absolutely huge, uh, as uh, Edwin Ramos was tell, uh, saying to me uh, throughout the course of this show, who I had on for the previous show, he was saying that was really a, a statement made. Uh, Big E giving his finish to Lashley, the former WWE champion, and getting the one, two, three, which throughout the course of this Extreme Rules show, Lashley then challenged Big E to a match on Monday Night Raw tomorrow night. Um, for his WWE championship in which Big E came on within the hour and said he gladly accepted that challenge. And so there you have it. Two weeks to the day that Big E defeated Lashley for his WWE championship. We're getting a rematch. Now I'm sure it's going to be a great match, but uh, bottom line, I hope Big E retains a two week run is not going to cut it. 
And I'm, I'm a little concerned, especially with this draft coming up, uh, literally after this, after this episode of Raw, going into Friday Night SmackDown, the draft begins, and it will finish the following Monday on Raw. So I'm a little worried that they might throw the title back on Lashley and just have these uncertain plans for Big E. So Big E's first reign as WWE champion definitely has to be better than two weeks. So we'll see what happens uh, come Monday night. So I don't know about you, but on the kickoff show, by the way, uh, there was both English and Spanish commentary going on back and forth for several minutes. They fixed it, and then apparently it went back on to the Spanish. And initially, I thought it was just the Spanish commentary, but then we also heard uh, Pat McAfee and Michael Cole talking at the same time. It was really chaotic. I actually had to put it on subtitles for a little bit. So they finally seemingly got that together right before the show started. So then the show starts again with that six-man tag match. And then we get uh, the Raw commentary team, which, of course, uh, consists of uh, Jimmy Smith, Byron Saxton, and Corey Graves. And then it seemed we had the German announced team. Yeah, I, I don't know my, my accents all that great, but I think it was German or Russian or something. Another language also going on at the same time. But fortunately, they fixed that in the first couple of minutes. There's always going to be some kind of a flub when it comes to Peacock and WWE. It seems to be a trend uh, nearly every pay-per-view. But as far as streaming was concerned, no issues. Um, I think it may, maybe for a, a minute or two during the U.S. title match later on the pay-per-view, I had to get out of the app and go back in. But other than that, it was pretty good. Better than usual, so I'll take it. Um, so, yeah, that, that made for an interesting start. Anywho, back to the pay-per-view. Starting off hot. 2-0. and Again, I had The New Day, who defeated Lashley, AJ, and Omos. And I had Liv Morgan defeating Carmella. So, on the match three. We had the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. We had the Usos defending their titles against the Street Profits, Montez Ford and uh, D'Angelo Dawkins, or Angelo Dawkins. So this was a great match. They teased quite a bit throughout the course of this match that uh, the Street Profits were actually going to win this. There, there were several times where I said, oh, wow, they may actually do this tonight. So I'm surprised that it went the lengths that it did. Uh, this match was probably around just under 20 minutes or so. Um, but yeah, it ended with a Uso splash to, to Montez Ford. And as, as you know, we had it, the Usos retained. So this, this was a great match. I will definitely give them that. Um, Dawkins seemed a little off tonight. I don't know if he was actually sick. Uh, just the look in his face, even when they were backstage um, before the match and during the course of the match at times, he just didn't look like himself. Uh, so maybe maybe he's fighting some kind of a cold or something, um, but great match. So we head over to the Raw Women's Championship match where we have champion Charlotte Flair uh, donning some new gear, some golden black gear, which I thought was very nice and very different for her because one side was all black. The other side was all gold, split split right down the middle. And it resembled uh, her fiance, Andrade, um, who always does something very similar, always has like that split legged gear whether it's white and black or, or blue and gold or something like that. So I, I thought that was, that was a really nice touch. And then I love Alexa Bliss's gear. Um, it was very nice. It was almost like a, a Friday the 13th uh, type of uh, vibe there. So, so that was really cool with the paint and the, and, and the play uh, stitched all throughout the top and bottom. So love the outfits. Love the match too. Very good match we had here. Natural selection. 
to Alexa Bliss for the one, two, three. Yeah, but that's not all. You know, Charlotte overdid it. All right. She uh, she took Lily, ripped her to absolute shreds. And Alexa Bliss was not happy at all. After the match, sat in the middle of the ring for two or three minutes, uh, going going absolutely beside herself, uh, picking up the, the stuffing uh, all over the ring and, and the remains of Lily. So I wonder if this is actually the end of that that character. We'll be seeing. Uh, will we still see Alexa's playground? Uh, will we still see that whole spinoff from the the Bray Wyatt, the Fiend gimmick? Will she go back to being her her old self, or will she just play the role of just a regular everyday heel without this? So whatever happens, I'm okay with it. it really doesn't matter to me because whatever Alexa Bliss has put in front of her. She executes to the fullest of extents and she just plays the character so well. I mean, she was in the middle of the ring, uh, absolutely losing it over a stuffed doll. So she's just great regardless. And uh, I, re I really did enjoy this match, but as anticipated, Charlotte retained the title. And by the way, I don't know if you guys caught it as Alexa Bliss was going up that ramp. Uh, it seemed like she was trying to almost foam of the mouth in some capacity. It seemed like she had a, a tablet in her mouth, a white tablet, that didn't seem to be really doing its job. I, I think that's almost why she was stalling at the end of that segment on the ramp, waiting for it to kick in. And you saw a little bit of foam, but then you just saw a ton of drool, a ton of drool at the end side. The, that tablet uh, didn't pan out to what it was supposed to do. But um, other than the tablet, Alexa Bliss can put anything else over. And that's, that's just a fact of life, folks, like it or not. So good match. Uh, maybe the feud will continue, but it all, it all, Depends upon what happens with the draft coming up uh, in less than a week's time. And really, uh, especially with that Lily doll being ripped up, you wonder, you know, like, there's got to be a rematch, right? So we'll see. So we have the United States Championship Triple Threat Match champion, Damian Priest, who's held the title for a little over a month's time now since SummerSlam, defeating Sheamus. Um, going up against Sheamus yet again and Jeff Hardy. Let's face it, can't have extreme rules without Jeff Hardy. Good match. It was a really good match. I think it, um, you know, I, I wasn't super excited for this match going into the pay-per-view. One of the matches I could have, I don't want to say care less about, but one of the matches I wasn't really chomping at the bit for. Uh, but I, I think they did as much as they could. They, they did well out there. Uh, some of the acrobatic stunts that Jeff Hardy still pulls at his age and all the years in this business, swantons and, and so on and so forth, just amazing. Um, plus, let's be honest, folks, like him or not, his face paint is always great. So this was a good match. You know, uh, Priest ended up rolling up Sheamus for the one, two, three, retaining the title. Yet again, I had Damian Priest looking pretty good so far, looking pretty good. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't know where they go from here. I, I really have, you know, it was, again, it was nice to see Jeff Hardy, but there's really no need for a, uh, another Damian Priest-Sheamus match. I think they should move on from here. And, and that's why I'm glad that the draft is, is upon us because, we just need to hit the refresh button and, and see new feuds and new mat matchups and just new faces on each brand. I think it's just, it's good for business. So we'll see. I'm really curious to see who is going to be Damian Priest's uh, next opponent uh, going into the coming weeks of Monday night raw, or if they move into SmackDown, you know, they, sometimes they, they swap the mid card titles as well. Maybe Shinsuke comes to raw and Priest goes to SmackDown. I'd be all for that too. Actually, here we are. Uh, everybody's been waiting for this for the last four or five weeks to get a legitimate match, not a 22nd, uh, basically rock bottom uh, that Becky Lynch had given given Bianca Belair at SummerSlam. 
Um, so we had Becky Lynch going up against Bianca Belair, the SmackDown Women's Championship. Bianca had some unfinished business to get her title back to let people know why she is the EST of WWE. Match was great. Match was really good. Uh, probably went for the better part of 20 minutes or so, uh, give or take. A lot of back and forth, as we saw throughout the course of this whole pay-per-view. We saw that throughout the course of the uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. Saw that throughout the course of the United States Championship match. There's a few spots where we thought Jeff Hardy might have even won that match, which was exciting. I'm glad they really incorporated Jeff to the point where we thought he might win uh, instead of just being added because he's Jeff Hardy and it's extreme rules. So yet again, we saw numerous times where Becky was going to win and then Bianca was going to win. And it came right up to the point at the very end there where it looked like Bianca was going to finish off Becky here and, and maybe get that title back. Then we saw the return of Sasha Banks. And I got to give credit where credit is due. She also said, if I don't shout her out, that, that I'm in trouble and I might not eat this week. So my wife, she said that there was going to be some type of interference throughout the course of this match. She wasn't quite sure who. I, I don't believe she said Sasha Banks. I uh, think she said maybe some kind of a curveball with Naomi possibly coming out and some kind of a heel capacity now just because she's so fed up with the because Naomi's being so fed up with the whole Sonya Deville uh, bit and not getting a match the last four or five weeks, however long she's been on SmackDown since she was quietly moved from Raw to SmackDown. So uh, there, there's your uh, there's your credit, wife. So uh, a great job for that. But in all sincerity, as we even agreed earlier, we would have loved to see an actual finish between Becky and Bianca because the match was that great. And I, I think it deserved that. Now, I understand that if Bianca, if it wasn't in the cards for Bianca to win this match without her losing to Becky by pinfall or submission, that this was the safest way to do it for Bianca. Becky obviously beat her in 26 seconds at SummerSlam and then her losing to Becky again. I don't know. It, it just wouldn't sit well with a lot of people. So I respect the fact that Sasha came in, attacked Bianca. That leads Bianca to get the win due to disqualification. But obviously, we all know the title doesn't change hands in that sense. So Becky is still your SmackDown Women's Champion. Now, as me and my, my special guest, Edwin, uh, on the preview episode said, we both were in agreement that whoever is going to lose this matchup between Becky and Bianca would likely be moved to Monday Night Raw, which makes the most sense. So now that we may be seeing a Sasha Banks-Becky Lynch feud on SmackDown, which I know will be great, it only makes sense to to move Bianca Belair to Monday Night Raw and uh, put her in the title picture, if not immediately, uh, the very near future, definitely before year's end. Uh, lo would love to see Bianca Belair go up against Charlotte Flair, uh, mainly because, you know, Bianca's had feuds with three of the four horsewomen. Why not get the fourth one in before year's end? Started with Bailey, Sasha, Becky. I know the, the Becky one didn't exactly go her way, but two out of three ain't bad. And hopefully now maybe she has a shot of becoming the Raw Women's Champion. So I'd be here for that. You know, again, there may be some unfinished business first and foremost with Charlotte and Alexa, but maybe Bianca can make her way in uh, sometime very soon too. So uh, I'd be all for that. But again, nice to see Sasha Banks back nonetheless after uh, being gone the last six weeks or so. So that takes us to the main event of the night. Going into this match, five and one. Not happy. I was trying to be undefeated here. But due to that, due to that damn Sasha Banks coming and hitting Bianca Belair, I, I had Becky Lynch winning. But Bianca won by DQ. So now I had to take one L. Five and one. 
going into the Universal Championship match here. We got the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns, the head of the table, going up against not just Finn Balor, but the Demon. I'll, I'll be honest with you. The last few times I've seen Finn Balor as the Demon, he's really gone all out with the whole painting. You know, just the face, uh, the whole chest, the upper part of the back by the shoulders, the traps. Looks great. So detail-oriented. Awesome, awesome stuff. Um, so this, this was a really good match. They went back and forth for quite some time. Um, I love the fact that they booked him as the demon going up against Roman because you needed to pull out all the stops in this match. Couldn't just be plain old Finn Balor. And although Finn could hang with the best of them, it's all about painting that illusion, right? Literally and figuratively. So he was painted, looking bigger, better than ever. Hit some red and black tassels everywhere. Ultimate Warrior vibes. Uh, and it was a good match. They went back and forth. They went into the crowd. Uh, Roman came prepared, had that COVID mask. When he went to the crowd, threw that on, came in handy. Respect that. So they went back and forth for quite some time, made their way back to the ring. And then the Usos, uh, of course, we knew they were going to show up at some point because this was the only match within Extreme Rules stipulation where anything pretty much goes. So the Usos came out, attacked Finn for quite a bit, but then Finn uh, exacted revenge. He got the Usos, beat them up a little bit. I believe he put Jay through a table. Uh, but then he turned around and then Roman came at him full speed, gave him a uh, spear right through the side. Uh, that was ugly, right by the ring bell and all that. He was down for a bit. It looked like he was he was done for. Then I uh, almost said the fiend because the red lights came back on, but not the fiend, the demon uh, resurrected, got back up. Once the lights hit and his music, the pulsating beat of his music came back, he got back up. He started causing hell, beating everybody up. Got Roman in the ring. Looked like he was about to hit him with the coup de gras off the top rope. Suddenly, the top rope snaps. The demon fell down like a ton of bricks. He's, he's right there in the middle of the mat. Then Roman hit him with the spear. Lights came on, and it was over. One, two, three. And still, as we knew this would happen, your universal champion, Roman Reigns. So the demon gets his first loss. I believe he may have had five or six wins prior to this throughout the last five or six years as being that character, the demon, the demon king. So, uh, yeah, first loss as as uh, that character. But, I mean, you know, if you're going to lose to somebody in that capacity, who better than Roman Reigns? The top, top of the food chain, man. Um, again, 391 days as the universal champion. Probably do it for another 391 days. Let's be honest. He's not losing that title anytime soon. This was good, though. Good match. Again, I ended up 6-1. and one. Um, Again, that, that damn loss is killing me here because it wasn't a legitimate loss in my eyes, but it's what it is in the history books. That's how it's written. So 1 to 10, 10 being great. I got to give this pay-per-view a 8.5. 8.5. You know, I wasn't thrilled with that ending of the Universal Championship match with the uh, the, the, the top turnbuckle and, and the ropes collapsing and Finn just dropping. And it was also sudden where Roman came in with the spear for the victory. Uh, but I honestly don't know how else I would have booked it. Um, obviously, a lot of people have mentioned, and I even thought myself, uh, is there a way to have Roman win somehow? Maybe Brock Lesnar comes out and interferes, hits Roman. Kind of similar to, um, to, to how Sasha came out and attacked Bianca. Uh, and Bianca got the win. Maybe Brock came out and attacked Roman. Now, I understand this was an Extreme Rules match, so like anything kind of goes. But uh, there's always a loophole, a way around it. So with that all being said, it would have been nice to see the Demon's character protected. 
But again, if he's going to get that first loss in that character, um, it's to Roman. And, and it's more than acceptable, and it's okay in my eyes. So eight and a half out of ten. I was close to giving it a nine. I really was. But I think eight and a half is safe and, uh, and fair. I, th- I think that's, that's a fair grade to give it. So, yeah, uh, please let me know what you guys uh, thought of this pay-per-view. Uh, Twitter, or mainly Instagram, where, where most of my activity is on Instagram, at Turnbuckle Topics, Turnbuckle T-O-P-I-X. Let me know what you thought. Really interested to hear, hear your uh, feedback. So I hope you all enjoyed the Extreme Rules pay-per-view tonight. I hope you enjoyed this WWE Extreme Rules uh, pay-per-view review and, and recap with uh, yours truly, Pat Deneen. And yeah, folks, tune in next time for another episode of Turnbuckle Topics. Got a question for Pat? Send him an email at turnbuckletopics at gmail.com. That's turnbuckle, T-O-P-I-X, at gmail.com. Find him on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Turnbuckle Topics. Thanks for listening to the Turnbuckle Topics podcast. Be sure to subscribe. If you like the show, help others find out about it. Leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us next time for another episode of Turnbuckle Topics. See you then.